Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And today I am I'm a tiny, tiny woodland creature. I'm a little hedgehog. <laughs> and I have a sweater on and a mug, a mug of pumpkin spice coffee. And I'm walking through the forest. La, 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 and la, it's, la. <laughs> it's a beautiful autumnal day here in uh, West Hollywood. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody. My name is Michael. I am a chaser. And today I am that freshly raked dry pile of crisp leaves that you just want to jump right into and splash around the entire yard again so that somebody else has to rake it up. <laughs> hey there, everybody. My name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am the official uh, Big Fat Gay Podcast leaf peeper. What? Creeping? You've not heard of leaf peeping? No. Never. Oh, is it when you go through New England and you're just driving and looking yep. at all the leaves changing? That's yes. all it is. It's just looking at leaves. Oh, I yeah. thought it was when you were hiding inside a pile That's of leaves and like yeah, it's <laughs> yep. looking, it looking at hot fat guys filthy. as they walk by. It sounds <laughs> filthy. Sounds kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and official card carrying chubby chaser. Oh. Um, Prove it. Well, let me get my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your wallet, Michael? Um, yeah, I I'm feeling autumnal. It's 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 cooler than hot. I like that. Uh, you know, I I find it amusing that you guys are like, oh, it's so autumnal here in West. We don't have seasons. Come on, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so there are some leaves on the ground. Yeah, all you need to do. Oh, please, that's because the gardener yeah. came. All you need to do to know the seasons in LA is walk by your local Starbucks <laughs> and, yeah. and see what they're serving. Exactly. Uh, no, I, you saying there's leaves on the ground because the gardener came makes it almost sound like we hire a gardener to come scatter, <laughs> scatter colored leaves imported but, from New England. Honey, I, we, we do that. I didn't, I don't know if you know that we, we actually do do that. It's the magic that keeps everything yes. going. I was wondering where you were getting sugar maple leaves in your backyard. That was so confusing. Oh, they are so expensive at Gelson's. <laughs> See, my, my mind went to actual uh, leaves made of maple sugar. Ooh. Which would also be really good. It is weird to me that like we associate maple syrup with fall and mm -hmm. winter when it's a spring food. <laughs> you make maple syrup in spring. But then it ages like a fine wine yeah. and is most perfect in the fall. Well, when do they serve the maple syrup lattes? <laughs> I, um, I actually have uh, aged maple syrup. We do. We paid a lot for. Is it good? Um, it is. It's uh, So this is. Um, it's aged in a bourbon barrel. No, uh, an apple like apple brandy or apple jack barrel. Anyways, oh, so basically it's marinated yeah. maple syrup. Yes. <laughs> that sounds okay. kind of delicious. I'm curious what the what it would do to the flavor. Oh, what are the tasting notes on these? Two? Um, <laughs> I mean it does taste like kind of like apple brandy. Hmm. With um, maple syrup, very yeah. very sweet. <laughs> it's nice. sweet, but it's also I you mean can it, only, you can't really drink more than one cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in one sitting. Not not more, yeah. Um, but I guess uh, Autumnal vibes is a good time yeah. to discuss. Uh, we have a little hiatus coming up. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So November, I think we're settling on a regular hiatus every year of, of May and November. Mm -hmm. um, so coming up, we're going to be taking a month off, the full month of November. But that doesn't mean we're going away completely. Yeah. As usual, we'll be doing our little um, mini-sodes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to shake it up once more and do some fun topics. I think it's going to be me and Dan. That's right, mm -hmm. Michael. Trevor and Don. Mm -hmm. um, having and a, our, a Thanksgiving special. And we're going to do a little <laughs> Thanksgiving special. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an opera singer that's been poked with a needle? <laughs> no, it's a turkey. It's, it's, it's a <laughs> <cow>. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? <laughs> what is this? What is life? Um, so yeah, so we'll be taking that little break off. Um, you but can tell we need it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, the, the, the mind strains are being pulled way too far. <laughs> okay. Um, goofiness is the mind killer. Let's roll, roll right into it. <laughs> right on into the whatever comes after that. <laughs> it's pop culture. <laughs> Yay. Um, so uh, I saw this. Uh, in, it was the independent um, for my fat aggregator. And I thought it was a good follow-up to last week's main topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, there was a study that showed social media abuse of plus size models encourages women to be more abusive. And basically what they saw was if people, um, specifically they were looking at women reacting to social media posts mm-hmm. and if they saw a plus size model and there was already a negative comment on the post, they found that 40% of women, uh, would l- also leave a negative comment. As opposed to if there hadn't been. Yes. And they, they did the same thing with positive comments and they found that only 4% of women would leave a positive comment if they mm. saw one before. Yeah. And it sucks, but I think this is also a nice reminder for like mindfulness of like, you can use this as an opportunity to say, I don't, you know, cause I feel like we've all kind of done that. Like you see some, you see mm-hmm. a post that maybe it's not judging someone's body, but it's some kind of post that gets you riled up in some way and you want to put something negative on it. And I don't know, like there's discussion on one hand, but then there's also just like putting negativity out there where it doesn't belong. And I don't know. I think it's an opportunity to say like, don't do that. Make, Mm -hmm. make a conscious choice not to. Yeah. Um, I think it's also interesting because like, like I was trying to think of myself and if I see something that kind of activates me and like, like something that makes me angry is usually what I'm thinking about, like in terms of social Mm -hmm. media stuff. If there's nothing, I do find that I'll want to just be like, ugh, and like whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I see other people, I'm like, yes, I'm also angry. I <laughs> let's be angry together. Yes. Yeah. No, there, I think that's a significant part of it. I also wonder, would it be different? This this particular study was conducted with uh, all all the respondents were women in Australia. Yes. And hmm. I wonder if it would make a difference if you had it in different cultures, yeah. different yeah. age groups. I've got to say, having talked to a couple Australians who are very famous and successful, they have experienced, like, one of them, very famous movie star now, but when she was first getting started, um, she came to Hollywood, did a movie, and then went back to Australia and basically had just a normal job again because mm-hmm. she hadn't quite struck it, like, it wasn't quite there yet. And the people w- would take the piss incessantly. Yes. Like yeah. it was like you have become a target because you are looked at by a lot of people. That is very common in certainly in British culture and especially in Australian culture to the point that they have a term for this. They call it the tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can see it in, like I said, in British culture, in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. when uh, they take, you know, there's a whole scene. I, I won't go into it because it's a long scene, but yeah, the tall poppy syndrome is when one of your friends does something special or exceptional, it's your job and all the other friends' job to tear them down and get them back to size because no poppy can be taller than any other poppy. Mm-hmm. If you look at a field of poppies, they're all the same size, and the one that sticks up gets chopped We've down. We've seen Wizard of Oz. We oh, know this. It's fact. I tend to think of it as more as they're... It, the phenomenon has been sort of disproven, but there was something called the bystander effect that people mm-hmm. p- point to a lot. Mm-hmm. But it, I do think the aspect of the bystander effect where like I have a vague opinion, right? But 
I'm not going to express it because why would I? It doesn't really matter that much. But as soon as someone else expresses an opinion on the thing, it just unleashes, like the ice has been broken. Mm -hmm. I may now express an opinion, even if I didn't think it was that important. I think that could very well be what's happening in this study. Yeah. 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 And I think the the important aspect of the study was the comparison to positive comments. Which is depressing, which is additionally depressing because what it means is that is their actual position. They were just too polite to express it. You know, or sometimes mm. like because they're not going to express something they don't believe because of the bystander effect, right? No, so, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. Yeah, I definitely think that it's it's basically so much so. At least in my work as a director, so much of it is just engaging with someone to the degree that they they know they have permission to do whatever it is you're asking them to do. A lot of times, it's actors be, being given permission to take it to the nth degree, to go further, to dig deeper, and and your job is to basically say you can do this, go do it. And I think in the similar way, people aren't naturally going to just jump out into the world and do a thing until they know it's okay. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's seeing somebody else having done it first. Well, and you know, social media has become so toxic that almost anything you say is ripe for criticism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a lot safer to simply echo what's already been said. True, true. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of uh, plus size models. Oh yes. Um, yes. And it's not all sour grapes no. in this episode. Um, it's sweet grapes too. Uh, I saw this feature in Nylon, uh, Patrick Starr, not of Spongebob. The, <laughs> um, this has three R's, his, three R's in Star. Yes. Debuts his first ever plus size fashion collaboration, which I absolutely adored. It is so, it is colorful. It is, it is fabulous. shiny. It is sequiny. It is just, I love everything about it. It has turbans, which I want to come back. I want to be uh, <laughs> the a weird Hollywood Aging starlet and, <laughs> and uh, costume jewelry and Trevor Swanson. Yes. <laughs> sinister. Stop me, it's the couches that got small. <laughs> <laughs> Planning sinister acts in glamour. Um, so there is just a, a, a treasure trove of wonderful pictures of fashion and really amazing women in this fashion. But can I just say, in the background, there is this super handsome fat mm. guy mm. wearing, I can't even tell because everybody else is in front mm. of him. <laughs> Damn it, people move. But exactly. And so I'm like, how come, you know, yet, you know, here's another fashion show with like no men. Mm. Uh, he's in the background. He's, I mean, amazing. He looks so handsome and he's big boy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where, where's, where's his photo spread? Excuse me. I have a feeling so that, yeah, they probably curated whatever number of photos, but it would be nice to, but there's, there's some good representation there too. I mean, yeah. obviously I think it would be great to see more men, but. Uh, um, I don't really remember ever seeing any male plus models in like haute couture. Mm. And I don't remember seeing male plus size models in a lot of formal wear. It always seems to be sort of casual street wear. Well, I think the exception would be like Dexter, Dexter Mayfield yeah. in, in his uh, Fendi stuff. Well, I yeah. think, um, oh, here, here's a better picture. Um, that, so I think, uh, he's actually wearing something from the collection. It's called the life's a party collection. Mm-hmm. I love, I love it. I want it's everything. like, it's the word fabulous embodied visually. The other thing I notice is, you know, so often high fashion, like that looks amazing, but I can't imagine yeah. wearing it or God help you sitting down in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, no, that's not meant to be sad. <laughs> exactly. And so many of these like, oh, this is really just like a belted I mean, I don't want to make it sound ugly, but it's it's a belted coat. You could sit in that, mm-hmm. and it's belted above, like you know, uh, uh, under the chest. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. a lot of stuff there that's actually really it looks comfortable for mm-hmm. for a fat person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Designed by a fat person. <laughs> Who would have thought? But yeah, uh, it it goes to 4X, which um, I think it actually might be a slightly varied 4X just because well, who knows sizing varies. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, as we uh, as we found from a couple of weeks ago, um, Saucy West doing the si- uh, fight for inclusivity, mm. you know, 4X is good. But we can it's, do better. It's something. We can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's just the fact that we have stuff this amazing and this fabulous and also like I th- a reasonable price range given the the kind of couture mm-hmm. glamour High vibe fashion. you know it's the um collection the prices range from 100 to 300 which um, which I thought was amazing yeah. and mm-hmm. just given it like I would I would pay that that's ex- mm-hmm. that feels accessible for what you're getting I've, especially given that there's usually a fat tax for regular clothing yeah. like you might be paying 50 70 dollars well, for and sure. that's exactly yeah. what a thin person would be paying for that kind of outfit mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, check it out. That's yeah, awesome. Very cool. But yes, so uh, Dan gave a little tease. Let's just, we're launching into it. Woo! It's Fat Watch. I just feel like I'm soaring through the sky. Through the wind in your hair. It's, we're, we're nearing the end of Fat Watch 2021. What's the vibe going to be for 2022? Who the fuck knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's... Uh, we're going around the way. It, it's appropriate that we feel like we're flying around the world because this week's Fat Watch takes us to South, uh, Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Seoul, South Korea. Yes. And there was an article about um, basically in Korea, they are making new mannequins. Well, this, to, one, this one company. This, this one company, mm-hmm. SPAO. Is that, is that an initialism or is it actually? It's like all caps. Word? Okay. Uh, Spow. 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 Um, Who knows? Which is a brand run by Eland World. Okay. Um, is introducing new mannequins uh, with realistic measurements, and so Dan was kind of doing the. I was doing the math because they're the all math. they're all in in metric, and I'm like, so what are these realistic measurements? Yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so you know, for the men, the the height of the male mannequin is five nine because apparently that's the average height of uh, a Korean man. Okay. Do you know what they were using in their mannequins? Six mm, two. What? Oh. <laughs> that would like, stretch you out. No wonder. No wonder. I mean, it's just, I mean, talk about overachieving. Yeah. Uh, and they also increased the waist size of the male. Mm. They all, I mean, I could give them one for female. Uh, for, I, I, I didn't do the math for the, for the, for the women, but uh, for the men, I think they I- increased the waist size two inches. If I, I think to that's what. Yeah, they don't. Because I've bought yeah, things in Asian say. sizes by accident. Oh, probably from thirty to thirty-two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was told by my doctor when I was young that I was supposed to be six-two. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> All my life, I had this expectation of greatness. Mm-hmm. I'm just average. So I'm I'm six-three, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which means when you're my height, everybody's either shorter than you or taller than you. There's no. I mean, or, no or the same size. But isn't that always true? No, no, well, no. But you misunderstand. Who's the same someone height. who's five foot ten looks the same to me as someone who's five foot six. I see. Okay. Right? Like I'm looking at the same top of the head. So what does <laughs> it matter? You know. Um, what's interesting about this is with the the new mannequins comes a change to the pants length. Oh, okay. Um, oh, this is previously they had sold basically pants that are long enough for the mannequins, but so basically anyone who bought them what would have to have their pants end. Oh, there. What it's doing is it's highlighting what is going on in all of fashion, which is we make clothes that are pretty and it's your job to have the body that fits it. Yeah. Like your body is wrong. Our clothes are perfect because they look nice. Mm -hmm. And if you can't wear them, isn't that really your body's fault? 
but so they're they're changing that now? and they're yeah. changing that they're actually making clothes that fit the people who buy them nice imagine <laughs> which what again it's like the six two mannequin for a, you know a nation of five nine men you know it's <laughs> <laughs> well cool i mean that's that's good right that's it's something yeah, yeah. I, I suppose what you know what it is is the knock on the head is you didn't always do this. Mm-hmm. And of course they didn't. And we know that, but to have it spelled out in measurements is, mm-hmm. is sort of uh, galling. Yeah. What I find interesting is like, so in America, so much what you'll see is like companies and brands making stuff shorter because they can, you know, if they make it two centimeters shorter, like a shirt or something, mm-hmm. they can save so much money and that they've been having stuff like pants that are, 10 centimeters longer than they need to be basically for aesthetic purposes is pretty so, ridiculous. So yeah. it looks good on the mannequin. Yes. It's expensive yeah. and useless. Yeah. yeah. Saw down the mannequin. So it's like. almost like, <laughs> I mean, you guys just realized you could save yourselves the money by yeah. doing this normally instead of well, having so much extra Well, but they thought no one would material. buy it. I think that's the, that was yeah, right. Because you don't, because most people will buy it from the, from the picture, what it looks like on the mannequin. I suppose. But the other thing to realize is it's, they're not, this isn't costing them money. Like that extra fabric is maybe 10 cents, six cents, but they're charging in the store $50 more because that's, that's the market they're in. That sounds about right. <laughs> that's, that's an appropriate markup. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Good. Yeah. Good thing. It's, it's something it's, I feel like it's this a- is like, it's something exclamation mark. Not like it's something. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> I know it's not the more you know, but damn it, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a sound effect for it yet. <laughs> um, maybe yeah. you, I, I feel like we know some composers compose a little ditty. That's uh, true. I should get Alex on the something. phone. Something. <laughs> 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 no, I, I don't think it's musical. I think it's some sort of speech gesture like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do that. <laughs> we can do it all in harmony. Three, two, one. <laughs> I'll just sample that one thing and okay. copy it over. But you know, if we're going to talk about making things that actually fit uh, customers, <laughs> good, good, shut your heart. heart. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to judge to our main topic. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's a power oh, segue. Yeah. Um, I want Dan to set this up. This was yeah. his idea. Okay. So, where to begin? Once upon a time, Ooh. there were. Chub Chaser live events. Mm-hmm. I mean, dun, like, dun, dun. <laughs> no, no, I'm picturing it's like the flames and like the, the dawn of man. <laughs> and it's like cave drawings and, of like. And, and so typically, and, and there are a few of these in very select parts of the country. For the straight people, these are like all the time. And, and of course, I'm speaking before COVID. But there would be like a Chub Chaser mm-hmm. get together, let's say once a month at a particular bar. Mm-hmm. And it was usually organized by a club that went by the name of Girth and Mirth. Mm-hmm. So there'd be Girth and Mirth Long Beach, Girth and Mirth San Francisco, Girth and Mirth Denver, whatever. And there's a lot of history and lore that we could unearth about that. But what I wanted to talk about in this segment was that kind of nightlife for us uh, went away. I won't say it died, but it went away. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I think San Jose's got something going on now. I think they've got club chub, but what I'm, it's, it's sort of a rarity. Whereas it used to be far more common and most people blame the internet because, you know, why should I go to a bar night if I can just get exactly what I want sent to my house on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Custom ordered. Custom ordered with a hookup. 
So, and that, and you know, we have the proliferation of apps and no, oh, they're standing seven That's feet interesting. from me. So does that make like the Chubb and Chaser bar was the first gay bar to go down to the internet? I, I, hmm. I don't know. The other, a lot of the other gay bars and lesbian bars are kind of going that way too. Well, that's the question. You certainly don't need to go to a bar to get laid. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you know, before it was either that or what the park, the library, yeah. the bookstore out back. Yeah. yeah. So on the other hand, everybody at one point or another in their lives has thrown up their hands and decried how horrible online dating is mm. and wishing that we could just go back to meeting each other in person. And so my question is, do we want that? Do we prefer the internet? Do we want a chub chaser night at a bar? Would we like, for example, there's such a thing as a bear bar where it's it's a bear bar every night or a leather Levi bar used to be a characterization. I don't know if that's still current, but there used to be leather Levi bars and you could go there seven nights a week and it would always be a leather Levi bar. Mm-hmm. Do we want a chub chaser bar? Do we want a chub chaser night once a month? Do we want... Do we want no such thing because it promotes drinking and bad behavior and we just want to stick to our internet hookups? Mm-hmm. What do we want? So I, I feel like right off the bat, I just want to address this. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like people are going to be like, well, like there's the bear nights and stuff. And that's like the same thing. And it's like, it's no, it's not. not. It's um, well, be, and, and let's just be clear. Bear does not mean fat. Mm-hmm. A lot of fat men have gotten into the bear scene, mm-hmm. but originally bear had nothing to do with fat. Yeah. Whereas today it's almost synonymous with it. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like a lot of people have a very, it's like, it's almost become more of a preference thing at this point of like, Mm -hmm. where do you choose to identify? Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you are a chaser looking for a chub, a bear event is not necessarily going to do it for you. I I think there are plenty of chasers that will do well Oh yeah. For a lot of chasers, it's, it's the same thing. It's their preference Uh, for, I think you and I have similar tastes, Michael. And like uh, for us, a bear event would be like, no. It's not going to do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's that one. Unless there's that one guy. There's there's that one guy and then we're fighting over him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say I, I don't like bars in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like, I don't like stools bars. I I think of a stool. I think of it's going to be loud. Yeah, it's, to me, a bar is synonymous with visual pickup and not being able to hear the person. Yes. So not knowing anything well, about them. Yes, but that you really know. depends on the bar you're talking about. For example, um, Girth and Mirth Long Beach was, and I don't know why this is, but almost all chub nights ended up at like biker bars or leather Levi bars. like Other kind of fringe. Yeah, not a gay bars. Like there was... Yeah. I think there were for like 10 seconds, there might've been a chub night in West Hollywood, but then it promptly moved to Silver Lake. Yeah. It had to get out of there. <laughs> we couldn't have that. You know, have that's, that. that's a leg up on what I experienced in New York. In New York, the Girth and Mirth meetup was at oh. the community center. Oh, And wow. it was like, well, to be fair, it later moved to the Eagle. <laughs> okay. But, it, okay. but anyway, my point was that often these chub events would end up in either S&M bars, leather Levi bars, at least a leather Levi bar. And what you got at a Leather Levi bar was not the oots, 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 oots glam of West Hollywood. What you got was beer and pool tables and mm. smell of beer on the floor. <laughs> and a you bat- hope it's beer on and the floor. And a urinal that was actually just a trough. And <laughs> and, uh, and when you say trough, you don't mean for feeding. Well, You mean so, just long. So like I mean... Don't, don't you judge. Don't you judge. I'm not judging. I'm just uh, anyway, moving on. Yes. No kick um, shaming. So, but for example, all right. So here's an example. So I just, well, the reason I'm saying this is because I think you would have liked Girth and Mirth Long Beach, Don, mm-hmm. because 
although it was, it was a, you know, not in a great neighborhood and it was not a great bar and it was, you know, filthy and everything was painted black 10 years ago, but you know, we, somebody decided that it's Chubb event, so we should serve food. So there'd be like a little buffet. I was going to say, <laughs> there's a pool table and there's a, there, <laughs> mm -hmm. I went to, there was one of these, like when I, I don't know if I was visiting or like when I first moved to LA, there was one, of, I think it was like the last girth and mirth, whatever night they called it. It was very weird. And I'm like, well, cause it was on his last and leg. Like, like, I don't, I mean, I like that there's like a buffet of wings but I don't want to be like eating chicken wings while I'm like trying to yeah. mingle and up like. Nying, nying, nying. Do I have something between my teeth? And do you nying, find nying, that nying. hot? Well, <laughs> it was actually really controversial because there was a crowd of people who were like, oh, well, you know, it's a fat men's event. Of course there should be food. And then there was another crowd of people who were like, it's a fat men's event. Of course we can't have food. That's a stereotype. Mm. And these two groups would, I mean, it wasn't an argument, but it was this sort of people would either make a beeline to the buffet or look at the buffet and roll their eyes. Right. I don't know. I, I think it would have to, as opposed to a night in an existing bar, I think it would have to be a space customized for yes. that, that audience and that customer. Like, I, like Trevor was saying, like you don't want to have to sit on tall stools or stand the whole time. And like, sure there can be a dance floor and some people can go enjoy that, but maybe there's plenty of space to have comfortable seating. I like Don, I would much more enjoy it if I could have the option of sitting down and actually talking to somebody, yeah. you know, like obviously it's going to be loud in a bar, but there's, there's loud. And then there's like, I can't hear you. Yeah. At and, all. and a lot of bars are really good about having an indoor space for dancing where it's loud and an outdoor space mm -hmm. where you can sort of, you know, be more social. Yeah. We used to have a bar in uh, silver Lake called MJ's. Oh yeah. I remember MJ's. I liked MJ's. You'd yeah. walk in and the front area was always, it was wide open it was, but it was still a bar. There were bar stools and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then, it, and it was loud. There was dancing. There were go-go bears. Um, <laughs> and then if you walked to the back, there was a sort of an open patio where it was quieter and you could actually talk to the person that you'd ogled inside, mm -hmm. you know. And but MJ's is a really good example because it was, it was a bear bar because it was in a bearish neighborhood. Yeah. It was in Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. And so it had a bear clientele. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there to pick up a fat guy. I just went there for events every once in a while. Right, right. But like as a chaser, I would go. Well, my chances are better there than if I went to the. A Abbey. lot of people when I was when I first moved to L.A. and I was spending time in West Hollywood around all like all of the a gay guys, and I was you know I was having a pretty good time. But I would you know when they knew what I was into, they'd always say, "Oh, you should go to Silver Lake." Absolutely. Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. go, "Oh, what's in Silver Lake?" And they're like, "Well, it's all like bear kind of stuff, like your kind of stuff." And I and I never once went because that didn't appeal to me. That right. was like, okay, but that's not really, that's not really what I'm, what looking, I'm looking, for. looking for. Right. And it should be said that, you know, there's probably a lot of chasers out there scratching their heads right now because they're like, but what are you doing? Yeah. I don't talk. <laughs> I, I don't speak for all chasers by yeah. any yeah. means. Well, because in the United States, bear culture and chub and chub culture are pretty different in Europe and other parts of the world. They've kind of become meshed together. Mm -hmm. Well, even in the U S like bear culture is supposed to be about openness and inclusivity. Which means uh, it's I supposed think that's a nice to be. wish, but yeah. it's supposed that, that to, be. Never supposed to it, be. That is never what it started as, and not what it's famous for. Well, <laughs> it's it's what it's supposed to be. That's the that's sort of the the calling card of it in mainstream culture. I feel like the they do. They, I feel like they do try and sell that. Yeah, yeah I don't know that I, it's I, actually so does true, everybody. Though. Whether yeah. or not it's true or not is in it's inconsequential. The, the listeners who contributed to our racism episode know what Don's talking about. It's supposed to be. I would certainly never define bear culture as that. But the point is, 
having no other, you know, venues that I felt like the door was open for mm-hmm. bear burrs were my choice because I thought well, I could find a place. There. And I yeah. think it is, I don't, I, I don't want to disparage bear bars and like the bear nights. Cause you know, I, Dan and I have gone to them in New York. We have friends that regularly attend them. It's, as we said before, it's, it's something. something. Yeah, sure. that's totally um, how I feel. It's something. It's not what I'm looking for, but it's something. Yeah, there is an audience that that will cater to perfectly. Absolutely and that's right. Sort of not what we're address. Like, it's like, what would a chub chaser bar look like? And I think the other interesting point of of Dan's suggestion discussion is, do we even want that? Do we even need that right now? Yeah, because again, if you're a chaser or if you're chub, I mean, do you want to wade into a bar scene? Do you want to get to a bar? Do you want to mm-hmm. park at a bar? Do you want to, bars off almost always involve alcohol or at least you feel maybe outside, off. Yeah. you feel like you're not in the pool if you're not drinking. That was, I mean, when I was, when I was your age, Michael, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke and I, and I didn't dance. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck was I doing at a bar? I will say, yeah, that was coming into- I guess the bar culture in LA, it was enjoyable for a sh- like a short while. Cause I was basically just sort of throwing off all of my inhibitions. And then after a second, I was like, I don't really feel like I need to spend any more time here. Cause there was nothing pulling me back. Right. It was like, I kind of got that out of my system. I think if I had known that there was a, a specifically chub chaser bar, I think I absolutely would have, if I could have started there, I probably would have kept going back. And yeah. this is from, Right now, in this moment, I am not like like Don and Trevor. I'm not a bar person. I do drink, but mm-hmm. it's just sort of socially, casually. And I don't get the kind of, I have not historically gotten the kind of interactions with people in a bar that I prefer to have, right? Mm-hmm. But I think also I've changed a pretty substantial amount and I'm kind of ready to feel that again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I've been interested in going to events like Big Bayou, Rest, Rest in peace. peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and coming up bigger Vegas and hopefully big bio at some point in the future. And and I think that's why this is more interesting to me than it ever used to be. And I could see a chub chaser, a, an actual chub chaser bar being a really interesting place to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I can see that being appealing. I can say for me, I miss it. Mm-hmm. The thing I miss is, was the event, right? And when I say by the event, it's like looking forward to it you know, getting dressed for it and thinking like, what's going to happen tonight? Oh, the event of going out to a bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. the event, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it was the bar. It was like, tonight is the night that this one thing happens, right? The one event where there's a Chub Chaser event. This, oh, right? because you did go to these. Oh, because yeah, in New York, I, in, in the New community York. center. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because gosh, there were no yeah. other bars, right? Yeah, there wasn't mm-hmm. a normal place to go. And honestly, I'm not sure if there was a Chub Chaser bar regularly all the time. I'm not sure if I would have gone that often. Um, so having that sort of night where it's like everybody who had, was either big or liked big guys was going to go to that one night. They were all going to be there. Right. As opposed to a bar where I might be the only big guy there tonight or, yeah. you know, there may be mm-hmm. no chasers there tonight. Where like, because we're so spread out in the gay community, it seems like having a focused singular point in time where you can all come together makes it more, there's more pageantry to it that I like. Mm, I, I get that, but I'm also wondering, I guess it, it comes down to what do you want out of the experience? Like, are you looking to find a connection with a chaser to either hook up or date? If so, then that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if, if we're, if we're sort of zooming out from that very specific 
thing that you can do at a bar to just community and like meeting people in your world. I don't know. I feel like that could be a really good way to do that where you, if you showed up and only there were only chubs there, well, maybe you strike up a conversation with a guy who turns out to be a good friend later. And now it's somebody in your community, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find your people, right? Mm-hmm. This feels like a way that you could achieve that. And then maybe there's also a hot chaser there that you have a great connection with or you hook up with or whatever, but maybe it doesn't have to be about that. I wonder how the chasers feel about this. I mean, I know how I feel about it. I think I know how you feel about it, Michael. I remember hearing so many times, especially from young chasers who were like, how come there are no chubs at the bars when I go out? I'm like, well, let's think that through. <laughs> I can answer that. I mean, it just bars aren't really designed for fat people. Like, yeah, exactly. like most of the world. <laughs> yeah, well, Bars and, aren't designed for fat people. Well, and in, in a world where fat is the opposite of sex, and gay bars are for sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why fat guys aren't going to show up there a lot. Or mm-hmm. if they do show up, they show up as the wingman, the best friend, the yeah. the slumming. I got it with tired of going home alone. Fucking, mm-hmm. I absolutely thing. got tired of it. Absolutely. You know? yeah, In absolutely. my mind, a chub chaser bar. Like, so I'm imagining this, and I, I'm picturing it's more like loungy. Yeah. And. There's no buffet. Like, there's no hot wing buffet because that's just. <laughs> oh, trust me. There's the, hors d'oeuvres. The buffets were so pathetic. They were. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Let tough. me guess. They had like steamed buns and hot dogs oh, or something. Yep. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 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 no. You were lucky. They were like, you know. A bucket of boiled hot dogs. A bucket of boiled hot dogs. <laughs> Basically, yeah. what you'd find at the 99 cent store. I mean, oh, that's the kind no. of thing where, like, you have to make it your bar's thing to have great food to <laughs> do that, to pull that off. Well, and a, I could go on. A, a Chub Chaser <laughs> bar could, I, I think it, it almost would have to because, like, once again, hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. Little easy little, to eat finger food. Yes. Well, but see what I, you're doing there is you're kind of making it about a different kind of event. You're making it like a cocktail party. Oh, I'm thinking as opposed it, to it's a bar and they got wieners. I'm thinking it's like I'm. I would model it after the Abbey. Okay. Yeah. Because where people can laugh, like there, it is designed for socialization, but there's also dancing, and you there's events, but it is a space to gather and to be. Well, what's yeah. interesting about the Abbey, and of course people may or may not know the Abbey, they probably don't unless yeah, they live they in LA, don't. but what's interesting about the Abbey is it has so many different environments yeah. within yeah. its footprint. It, so yeah. there is a, a raging hot dance floor. There is a huge outdoor space. There are, there are little sequestered they other- have tables. I mean, they, they have tables, tables they have and bar, Yeah, and they, I guess it's the only, <laughs> it's the only bar I know that's open like 20 hours a day. Well, and because it's, it's one a, of the most popular places to go not just for gay people anymore. It's right. just a popular it's, it's, bar. Yeah, it's not really a gay bar anymore. Well, no, it, no, no, it really is. No, you just it's a bar in West Hollywood that like... Oh, I see what you mean. It's yeah. a bar in West Hollywood. Well, that's, <laughs> that's another all. conversation. That's another conversation about gay bars. But They, all, they also were doing vaccines there at some point. Yeah, oh, were they really? Cool. Yeah, and I will say that the, that the Abbey uh, put, a, gave, put a moratorium on bachelorette parties there because they're okay. like, hey, if we can't get married, you can't get married yeah, here. That yeah, was, that's good. That was good. I appreciate uh, that. But what I was going to make an analogy to is, you know, the Abbey is a really expensive piece of real estate. It started as a coffee bar and now it's probably one of the most successful gay bars in the world mm-hmm. in terms of money and the clientele. And they've grown. They've I mean, grown they've really literally grown. like they've taken over six blocks. Yeah. <laughs> they took over a street at one point. Yeah. But what I was going to make an analogy to is Don 
the community center. And I went to the community center. We didn't go there quite at the same time, but it was really sad. Oh yeah. Cause it's fluorescent lighting mm-hmm. in. It was in, like a public school. Oh, it's awful. It was awful. But the advantage was you could set up different spaces for different activities. So there was some sort of imitation of a dance floor. Uh, there was, I think there was food the night I went there. There was some outdoor space. Uh, and and that sort of variety of venues within the same event really works well. It's what works at a weekend event. You'll find the mm-hmm. same thing happening at Bigger Vegas or Big Bayou or any any other event. Mm-hmm. It's funny you said fluorescent lighting. There, like so many of the kind of the the bars where there are kind of like chub ish events now. You know the the bear events that the chubs go to at bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would describe the lighting there as like horror movie lighting. <laughs> yeah. Someone's dead before that hookup's complete. <laughs> like every, yeah. everything's red and blue and just uh-huh. like, uh, something bad's about to, someone's about to get stabbed and like, or penetrated. If some, <laughs> or both. Yeah. Well, it's usually because again, look at the comparison. Someplace like the Abbey, they pay thousands of dollars for professional lighting designers to come in and do that. They have mm-hmm. a $10,000 chandelier over their bar. <laughs> that is not happening at the community center in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so where, so let's, let's take, I'm going to pull the room. Where do we stand with this? What like, cause we haven't really talked about the internet side of things. So just, you know, flash quiz, like done. What would you prefer? Would you prefer the bar experience to get to know somebody or do you, are, have you settled into the online experience? I would very much like a real world meeting place again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, yeah. For just about every reason you could imagine. Okay. Yeah. But as an event at an existing bar or as an actual bar that somebody would open and run. If there was an, an actual bar, I would go to it. I just think if, if there was a commercially viable strategy to keep one open, mm-hmm. we would have it already. So I think for me, the event that can survive, keep going, and maybe move around to different venues if if multiple venues that were good were available to give me a tour of the city at the same time. That would be fun. We we actually used to have that. Um, <laughs> that's another discussion. Uh, I would. I love the idea of a monthly event. I mean, ideally the same place, just so people can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so you don't have to like find it like it's a food truck traveling around. <laughs> you can't catch us. <laughs> it's just, you know, please, this, <laughs> hey boys, chase us. <laughs> chase me, chase me. Are you kidding? Find me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would love the idea of a bar that, and, and what's what's key to me in the bars is that it have it have two, at least two spaces. It has some sort of dance space because so many chubs are like I have nowhere to go dance Mm -hmm. or you know they they do have a place to go dance but they feel like they're going with their straight friends or they're going with their a gay friend and a soft dance floor and then some other place well that maybe can be handled by the DJ but then some sort of outdoors we can talk to each other space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah totally Um, I mean I would love a place in reality especially now more than ever (laughs) I've I've never been there Um, (laughs) what is reality tell me I mean I would I think you know in a perfect world, if I can manifest this, I would want it to be a physical location that is always there. I, I mean, like the Fat Abbey. <laughs> fat, fat Abbeys. And uh, fabbies? Abbeys always, it's, you know, got vibes of the Abbey and uh, why not um, the, the, the Hamburger Mary's a little. She's yeah. a, a big gal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want. I want a real place. I, I I think I fall in line with that. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I see the value in online dating, especially because you can really get to the point with a lot of that stuff and what feels like a safe environment. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of people appreciate that kind of the ability to keep some separation when you're interacting with so many people and, and you want to be able to kind of pick and choose how you interact. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something scary about trying to do that in person. But I think there's a lot of really sort of magical things that can happen with an yeah. in-person encounter that you would never be able to reproduce online. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like, let's be honest, when you meet someone in person, you can tell if there's an attraction almost right away. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to some sort of event and been hit on by guys who had no interest in me online. Mm. You know, it's like, that's interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, it, there's they're that they're right there. It's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's a ton of stuff to say about that. Too. So we, we have our marching orders. We're opening well, a bar. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> I actually would advocate for a monthly event over a continuously operating venue. Okay. Because I think kind of what Don was saying, it makes it a little special. I think, you know, if you go to small towns where there's only one gay bar and it's always open because it's always the gay bar, mm-hmm. like people get, it, it gets really incestuous and boring really fast. Okay where it's like you, there's one place to go and you're always there and you're never not there and everybody you know is always there. And Whereas if it's a once a, once a month kind of thing, it's like, ooh, who's going to be there tonight? Yep. Oh, you weren't here last month. Oh, I haven't seen you in two months. I wonder if the <laughs> once a month things are a little less successful only because if you're, if you're aware that that space is normally an unsafe space for you, if you're a chubby guy and you would never normally go there, showing up to that place when they say, hey, you... You're welcome right now, never any other time. Like, yeah. I wonder if there's a different, like, I would, I don't think I would go to a once a month thing as readily as I would go to a dedicated safe space. Well, I would just point out that every, every bar night, every like it's blah, blah night, mm-hmm. it's always for some sort of taste or marginalized, marginalized community. And it works, you know, whether we're talking about Asian night or leather night or whatever. Well, I mean, and very often it's a group that just, you know, there aren't enough of them to keep a bar going in yeah. profit. And I so, just, I think it wouldn't be as special if it, if it were every single night, all the time, fully riding. I agree with that. Yeah. That's what they say about like, you know, the McRib and pumpkin spice latte. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's to get you all hyped up for it. Yeah. Now you have to think about a pumpkin spice McRib. McRib. Oh, okay. <laughs> or it practically is. It's so damn sweet. So Trevor, do we have yeah. a tip? <laughs> we certainly do. Michael. Yay. Um, so this is from, uh, I, Kat Pose, who I think we've mentioned on the podcast it's before. Mm-hmm. Kat Pose mm-hmm. from New, of New Zealand. So there is a COVID fat vaccine research oh, uh, yes. survey that she shared. And it's hmm. uh, she's based out of New Zealand, but it's worldwide. Um, and it's basically asking questions um, about your, you know, are you a fat person? Did you get vaccinated? The main question is. And, and, um, but the question is, what's your experience of it, right? Yes. But also the, the main thing is they're researching um, the there's a thing about the length of the needle that it's, Oh, they were saying that fat people should be getting uh, vaccinated with a 38 millimeter or micro, whatever, uh, MM, a deeper one, like, uh, a slightly longer needle. And if you, some places have been doing it on their own, other places don't know that they're supposed huh. to be doing it. So it's basically researching that, but also um, seating at vaccine centers. If it was a, you know, somewhere where you walked up and you waited, mm-hmm. Um, did they have seating? Was the seating adequate? Um, right, right. It, it's an interesting survey. Check it out. Contribute. Yeah. 
That's so, yeah, that makes total sense. I, but they're, they're only looking for fat respondents though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a bit today. Yes, I'm Hurrah. ready. I'm excited. We're trying something new today. We're going to Ooh. we're going to have a little bit of a lead discussion. Okay. About our favorite part of every bar that Trevor has brought up several times oh. already. I'm going to discuss the history of the bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you think about it, the bar stool is a pretty unique device, right? It's extra tall. Mm-hmm. It's very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it has these slats in it that force you to put your legs at one of two different heights. Both of which are wrong. Both of which are wrong and uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Um, so like often if I'm sitting on a bar stool, my foot's going on the bar stool rung next to me because yep. that's yeah. all that, you know, that'll work. That all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, I will start it off with when do you think we got the bar stool in the United States? Huh. When do you think it showed yes. up here? I mean, I imagine the... The bar stools came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be incorrect. Uh, they just had normal old chairs next to bars and it didn't work because they what, were so low. Would people just like oh, and you stood at the raising bar. their you, arms you up? You stood at the bar oh, yes. and then you sat at tables. That makes so much right? sense. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. So I can tell you, we started getting bar stools in Europe in the 1920s. Really? Why didn't we get them here? Prohibition? That's correct. Prohibition blocked bar stools from kind of becoming a thing in the U.S. And then, as soon as well, that's one good thing about prohibition. As soon as prohibition ended, um, they started finding their way into more high-end bars. Of course, of course. And specifically, they were made for a specific new type of customer they were getting after prohibition. Uh, Can you think of what new customers they started getting in bars? Women. 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 Yeah, that is correct. Um, it's the point where women started getting introduced to bars. Um, they didn't necessarily want to be sitting at tables because, uh, and having them sit at stools did two different things. They had sort of individual women that you could individually approach easily. Cause you're going up to the bar to get a drink. You start up a conversation with the woman mm-hmm. on the stool yep. mm-hmm. okay. and two that, uh, the hemlines were rising at that point. Ah, uh, so there's more leg. That's why we have those weird slats so that as women would sit on the stools, it would either it would force them to sort of present their legs in various ways. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ! Oh my God. And it's still a thing today, even yep. though Oy. that's not a thing today. That's been our momentum, <laughs> um, you know. Uh. And so there's one other thing. So bar stools are actually was to a certain degree today are considered classy, right? They they bring up unfortunately the level so. of the bar a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? And it's even invaded the restaurant space with mm. yeah. Very oh, true. I hate the oh yeah when they make yeah. you sit on a perch to eat your meal. There's a specific reason for this though, why okay. we still see it as being a classy upscale thing. When it came into bars in the 1930s, originally it was only the most upscale of bars that had bar stools mm-hmm. because they were introduced at the same time as another new invention <laughs> to the American bar scene. TGI Fridays. Can any of you guess what the other invention that was introduced at the same time as bar stools? Is it still around now? It is. I, I have a guess. Okay. It is essential for bars today. Oh, oh, to work. Oh, oh. Well, then that's my guess was going to be the jukebox, but no, nope. It's like the the guns, the soda guns. Nope, not soda guns. It 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 provides a great deal of comfort to everyone in the bar. Air conditioning. That is correct. What? After oh, prohibition, because they're closer to the vents. Well, no, just uh, air conditioning didn't exist on a mass scale 
Right. Until that oh, time but, period. So the bars that had stools the bars also that had, had stools air introduced air conditioning at the same time, uh, which is why we perceive it as classy is what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, it was those upscale bars that could afford the air conditioning and the bar stools. That they would were get synonymous. me in a bar. <laughs> if, that, if that was the only place I knew that had air conditioning, yep. I would be there 24 seven. Yeah. Yep. Movie theaters too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that is the history of the bar stool. Uh, we need a bar stool redesign. Yeah. Or just get rid of them. I say slings. One. <laughs> well, what's weird is like, if you think about it, there are other stools out there that are way more comfortable, like a soda fountain stools or diner stools. I don't think any stool is really comfortable. Well, they're, they're padded and they're rounder and larger. And yeah, but I got, my, I'm, got a big button, little legs. <laughs> from, from my money, any seat that doesn't have back support is not worth. Sitting. I have to say the same thing. I'm a strong believer in back support. I, yeah. yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. Even as a muscular guy, if there's no back support, how long am I going to stay there? I, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be slouching, you know, like it's not good for me. And it doesn't feel like, I don't know. I mean, I get the bar stools probably save a little bit of space. Like you can, you can cram more people in if it's, you have this tall, narrow thing for people to plant themselves on, but. I don't know. I don't find them comfortable. I don't know anyone. The only thing that saves a bar stool for me is when they have the actual foot bar attached to the bar that mm-hmm. is the actual yeah. good height. I can manage it. Then. Yeah, but then you must face the bar. The, you have to face the bar, right? And then if you turn, you're, you're out immediately luck. out of luck. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, can we uh, bar stools? I'm curious what the what the fat boys in the room had to say about this bar stools that swivel. Oh yeah, plus or, or minus. Yeah. Better. Better. Okay. Right. Better. Oh, because yeah. you can sit on it and then. Swivel into place. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Like this. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. I prefer those also, but I feel like they're less common Like you don't tend to see like they are out there, but you tend to see just a static. Oh, oh, bar what stool. about the worst of both worlds, which is it's a swiveling bar stool that has this back tiny, arms, the tiny little, like it has yeah. this like cove. Yeah. Where it, I hate that with a passion. Oh yeah. Your it, back. It, it, it suits no one. <laughs> what are your feelings on bar stools? <laughs> Let us know. At we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, all of the podcast venues. Yeah. Um, see what the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay. Um, maybe you're also a tiny woodland creature <laughs> in your autumnal year <laughs> heading to the little woodland creature chub chaser bar <laughs> that um, sounds uh, and it's, oh it's hedgehogs and little porcupines and little uh, squirrels and badgers and little maybe a tiny little pig too and, much snow white um, and <laughs> but, but it's not it's not all right because there's someone there's someone in the leaves peeping <laughs> <laughs> and it's michael <laughs> watch out watch out